0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, you can take us with you anywhere you go if you download the iHeartRadio app. Punch in our coordinates. Like I said, take us with you anywhere you go. And we'd also like to welcome those people that now listen to Moment of Truth on other radio stations. We welcome you, and also if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform and or on our SoundCloud. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show I have with me Trina Mather-Simard, and she is the Executive Director of the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival and also the Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards, which are going to be held on June 12th live from the National Arts Centre in Ottawa. And we're going to be talking to her about the awards, but also the just announced, just momentarily ago, the announcements were made for the nominees for the music festival. So it is a pleasure to have Trina with me here on the show. Trina, welcome.
2: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, it's great. So we just saw the awards, of course, uh, or the at least the nominees Nominees announced for the awards that are going to be taking place on June twelfth, and of course the host that will be also on the show at that time, Serene Fox was doing the announcing live from your Facebook.
2: Yes, absolutely. So we're so excited to uh, to share our nominees. It's uh, you know been through the review process with our jury, and we're just so excited to share all those talented artists from across Canada.
1: Now, there were a number of awards. Can you just roughly give us an idea of how many awards uh, areas there are that artists are nominated in?
2: Absolutely. We have 18 categories, Uh, so we've really tried to, you know, include many of the standard music awards, the different genres, uh, pay homage to our diversity of cultures with Métis and Inuit Awards, and really incorporate some that we felt were very reflective of our community values with social voice, uh, honoring our youth and, uh, you know, rising up those young leaders. So uh, it's, a, it's 18 categories that are kind of a combination of those elements.
1: Right. And I wouldn't mind sort of looking a little more closely at some of those. But you mentioned one that I thought was really interesting, and that was the, uh, the um, uh, social voice. And there's also the youth leadership one, which I thought was really interesting.
2: Yes, when when we were first looking at putting this together, so we originally intended to launch uh, the awards in 2020. And although our festival went on, we thought it wasn't the right climate to, you know, really truly have a celebration of these artists. Uh, So we postponed to 2021. But when we were first developing the awards concept with our committee and our artistic leaders who are uh, Vince Fontaine and Elaine Bomberry, you know, we wanted to find some other ways to celebrate artists and and their accomplishments. And uh, so we really thought, you know, so many artists, um, you know, lift up our community's voice through their music. And so we thought that that social voice uh, was a really important part of uh, what we wanted to celebrate.
1: But and and the youth leadership, tell me more about that one.
2: Yes. And again, you know, I think that you know, music can play such an important role in our community and, you know, there's artists that are working with youth and, you know, sharing music and developing talent and, you know, it may not result in, you know, a recording or something, but they're, they have an impact on the youth through music. And so we wanted to find a way to celebrate those, those artists as well.
1: And now, uh, I also heard uh, Serene mention this. This is the inaugural, the first ever, because you, like you said, it was supposed to be last year, but uh, COVID got in the way.
2: Absolutely. So we had uh, planned, we had released and started accepting uh, you know, nominations uh, prior to having to uh, decide to postpone 2021. So it is our very first celebration. Uh, we're hosting it at the National Arts Centre, who was a, a partner uh, when we hoped to be live both last year and this year, that we uh, hoped to have a live audience at the National Art Centre. Uh, at this point, we are looking more to be broadcasting from the NAC and, and welcoming everybody to join us there live next year. But uh, yeah, we have had to, you know, uh, pivot and, and adjust the celebration, but You know, still really looking to welcome everybody from across Canada to that, uh, to the awards and the celebration.
1: And, you know, there really are some very exciting artists that are coming up within the Indigenous community right across uh, Canada, Turtle Island. There's some great names that were mentioned in those nominees that we heard today. There
2: really was. And I found uh, you know, I tried personally as hard as it was to uh you know not peak too much <laughs> during the uh the process of the jury review. And uh so, you know, I was surprised with the names when we when we got the uh tabulation back. And I just thought it was such a great mix of, you know, some real leading voices and artists in our community that have made a big impact and you know some names that we're maybe not as familiar with whose you know music really spoke to the jury and so i thought it was a great mix of that emerging and uh and established artist and you know just Mm. a great diversity of, of talent
1: right now you mentioned 18 categories so over 250 submissions i believe
2: That's correct. Yeah, we had over 250 submissions from all across Canada. So, uh, you know, we've narrowed it down. There's between three and five nominations that it's been narrowed down to in each category.
1: Now, looking back a year to when you first wanted to bring the awards and bring the festival forward in 2020, that, of course, as you say, was postponed because of covid Uh, Mm -hmm. gave you an extra year to look at this and to, I guess, think things through and plan. So how, I guess you were initially, everybody was probably a little disappointed, I'm sure, but looking forward now and coming to fruition for you at this point, how would you say things have have either changed and and were there any surprises for you? Has there been any positives to come out of this situation with COVID? So, you know, I
2: think, Looking at our festival as a whole with the summer solstice, uh, you know, we decided to pivot to a virtual festival and event last April. So, you know, very short time frame after uh, the COVID restrictions. And, you know, we produced a 21-day festival starting on June 1st. So it was uh, a very uh, fast turnaround for us and really, you know, limited knowledge on on some of the tech, we learned a lot through the process, I would say. And, uh, you know, we really didn't know what kind of audience we would reach. we see mm. 50,000 people at our live event here in Ottawa. And, uh, you know, at the end of the festival last year, we had over 527,000 people tune into our programming over the 21 days. So, uh, you know, the positive to come from it is that we've really just, you know, our audience blew up across uh, North America and we had really, you know, new engaged audience. And I'm I'm, I'm very hopeful and confident that that will transfer to the SEMAs, uh, to our awards and, you know, just create a, a large diverse audience for, for our artists that maybe would have not been able to attend had we been able to go live at the National Arts Centre as we hoped. Uh, you know, it's definitely made this virtual, you know, broadcast component uh, an important part of what we do and mm-hmm. it's really expanded our audience and reach so you know we're quite uh, confident that will help uh you know create that new audience link for the artists as well
1: now as you say this is going to go from uh, june 1st to june 21st yes. so obviously there's more than the awards happening what else is going to be going on
2: Yes, absolutely. So, we go June 1st to 21st. We have, uh, there's a virtual marketplace that's currently uh, open on our site as well. So, you know, I think an important uh, part of our community that's really impacted by the closure of the events is our vendors and artisans that uh, we have 75 normally involved in summer solstice. So, you know, we've curated a number of their goods and we're helping to uh, sell and, and distribute it. Um, And in that marketplace, we've now added all of our, um, you can pre-register for either craft or culinary workshops. So uh, with your registration, a kit is sent home. For example, we're doing a curried caribou meal with chef uh, Trudy Metcalf Co. Uh, And when you register the kit with uh, the caribou and all the ingredients will arrive at home uh, in Ottawa. Uh, we are extending our delivery uh, for the culinary on our final weekend to the GTA and Manitoulin regions as well. Um, and it's the same with our craft kit. So our artists have all, they'll go, go online and do the tutorial and teachings and that about the art and the kit of materials will arrive home and you can participate. And And we have an outstanding live music showcase as well on our final weekend that we're um it's premiering as part of the International Indigenous Music Summit, uh, and then we're doing the public premiere on the final weekend of our event. So we're really excited by that, 16 that uh, artist showcases. Um, and it gives a little background, like a, a background and story on the artist, in addition to their live performance. So, you know, again, something easier to accomplish in a, in a virtual sense and we have a competition powwow on our final weekend. Uh, so we're excited, uh, drums and dancers from all across North America. We're partnering with social distance powwow in uh, the U S who, uh, created a great, uh, outlet for, uh, you know, keeping connected during this time. And, uh, and then we have a couple of live drive-in events. So, uh, you know, hopefully if restrictions, uh, Open just a tiny bit out of the stay-at-home. We have uh, an opening uh, drive-in movie night planned and then a closing drive-in concert on June 21st. So lots of uh, stuff happening over the month.
1: You mentioned quite a bit of stuff there. Uh, the culinary aspect of this, the live, the powwow competition, the music, uh, the music events, um, with those those profiles and the artists that are going to be represented, is that a live kind of thing, or are, they, are the artists sending pre-taped things in? How's that working?
2: Yeah, we're typically a couple of them are live, um, and we leave that to the artist. You know, a couple of artists are more comfortable delivering live, where it doesn't exist on the. I think we're all mm uh you know exploring ways to continue our careers and that online so that is a preference of some artists uh most of it is pre-recorded and sent to us and then we we publish it live uh, at the scheduled time we always invite our artists to so i think that's a bit of an interesting experience uh Last year, when we did our live music programming, we always make sure the artists join us for the live. And so they're chatting with everybody during the show. And I think, you know, getting to watch themselves and interact (laughs) with the audience in a different way. So, you know, we try to keep it as interactive as we can.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. Now, the other thing that I really sound, sounds interesting is that culinary uh, class that you can participate in. Yeah. You you register. You get this this kit sent to you of the meal, and then you yeah. go online with the chef, and you're making the meal with them. That's a really interesting way to try and incorporate something that otherwise would be kind of difficult to do. Right for this.
2: Yeah that that was really our biggest challenge last year. Is I took every single programming element we did, and I thought, how can we still do this online and Uh, You know, culinary is a big part of what we do at Summer Solstice and we've done big long table feasts Mm. and all that kind of stuff. So when we created those boxes, we were really excited and it's, you know, it provides a traditional meal for a family at home when they're, you know, not getting to their community events and feasts and, uh, you know, just a great way to learn how to, you know, curry caribou and you know we're making homemade fish tacos uh you know creating your own corn shells we have um like a seared venison rack so there's just some really great options and uh you know you get to learn from some of the best indigenous chefs Mm. and you know have some traditional food at home
1: and there's less cleanup (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah it is it comes it's kind of like those you know pre-made meal boxes right. where all your supplies are there so
1: <laughs> you I, cannot I just, open I, it up everything i was just thinking of the live event where you have all these people <laughs> you gotta clean up afterwards
2: yeah oh that's true <laughs> yeah you're right yeah
1: <laughs> um so the the there's other things though the marketplace can you can you talk a little bit more about that
2: Yes. So last year, when we were first uh, moving to the virtual platform, uh, our first thought was to reach out and kind of create a space and drive, uh, you know, some of our visitors to the individual vendors to purchase. Uh, And we quickly realized that, you know, there's such small micro businesses that a lot of them didn't have any e-commerce, you know, ability or anything set up. And So we started working with uh, Go For It, who are an Indigenous-owned courier company here in Ottawa. And they were able to do, they're kind of like our fulfillment, uh, you know, I won't use the Amazon, but, uh, you know, they store all of our vendors' items and distribute it. It's like next day delivery if it's in Ottawa, but they can ship across Canada and so it just really, I think, took a lot of the pressure off of a lot of our vendors. You know, they send in new inventory when it's ready and we put it on a Shopify and uh, sell and distribute for them. So we have over 40 different uh, artists now, mostly from Ontario, as we get support from indig- uh, Indigenous Tourism Ontario. And, you know, really, there's everything from sealskin earrings mm. to carvings and paintings to bags of corn soup that you can make at home. So it's, uh, you know, a lot of great products.
1: Wonderful. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest is Trina Mather-Simard, and she is the Executive Director of the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival and Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards, which are happening on June 12th. The Summer Indigenous Festival itself is happening from June 1st to June 21st, and we're talking with Trina about all the things that are happening – they just announced the nominees, and you can actually find out more uh, about that by going to uh, the Summer Solstice uh, Indigenous Festival Music Awards. Uh, you can go to their, their uh, Facebook. You can also go to their website. What would you say, uh, Trina, is the best way to, to, get, to your, uh, get, get to that information?
2: Yes, I would say you could either uh, go to our Facebook for the Summer Solstice Festivals or to our website, summersolsticefestivals.ca. Uh, and I did want to give a shout out. We also announced today our new presenting sponsor, which is making the awards possible, and that's uh, TD Bank. So we're we're really excited they came on board and helped to bring this vision to life.
1: Great. And also, if you go to the Element FM website, uh, our website, you can find out more. We'll have links to that information as well. Now, uh, we're talking, as I said to Trina, about some of the things that are happening. We've talked about uh, the marketplace. We talked about the culinary workshops that people can participate in. Um, Trina, creation workshop, Creation workshops.
2: Yeah, so those are artist-based uh, workshops where people can create, just like our culinary boxes, create the art or craft at home. Uh, we've tried to add three this year uh, where you can find your own supplies, if you have some painting or sketching supplies. So we tried to make sure that at least three of them were uh, accessible without cost. Um, and we're doing a paint night with Simon Bracape. Uh, we're drawing sea creatures with an Inuit artist Heather Campbell. Mm. Uh, we're doing floral beadwork, uh, kind of style painting on drums with uh, Métis artist Jamie Morse, and that's because earlier in our programming, you can create your own hand drum with a package with uh, David Finkel. Uh, we're doing seal skin keychains, and we're also doing uh, small uh, paddles that you can paint in your own Algonquin. Uh, styles and so each of the workshops gives a lot of the, you know, teachings and artist background, and then you can kind of make your own piece uh, at home. So again, it's kits that can be uh, sent home to you.
1: Nice, and, and uh, also education days. That sounds really interesting.
2: Yes, uh, and it's funny. Last year when we started in 2020 was probably the one that I was most concerned about. I have two school-age children, and I know, you know, they were just switching to the the virtual programming. And, you know, so we put it out there because it's always been an important part of our festival. Wasn't really sure how many teachers and kids would engage. Um, You know, we had 16,000 students and teachers register from across Canada, and I think the final viewership by the end of June was more like (laughs) 100,000. So, you know, and it was just great. It was, again, we did pre-recorded videos, but the artists came on or the traditional teacher came on at the end and the kids were asking questions through chat, and they really got a chance to, you know, just ask about life in the North or, you know, what it's like, you know, being an urban environment, Indigenous and, you know, just really great engagement plus the program. So, you know, it's a, Again, something that's hard to accomplish when we're live. We have 5,000 kids there that day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's large groups and they're kind of moving from program to program. So it gave a little more personal element, which was nice.
1: Nice. And uh, the numbers are unbelievable that you've been pulling in. Wow.
2: I, it it honestly blew us away. We had, you know, it's funny because when I had to read, pitch the programming to our supporters, you know, we have great sponsors and great uh, funding partners that all believed in the vision and continued uh, to support us. So, you know, and we were giving them numbers based on our live event and we thought we'd be really happy if we reached that. So, you know, we really didn't know what to expect last year.
1: Yeah. And you were thrown around that number of over 500,000 earlier in the show as well.
2: Yeah. So we did. Yep combined with all of our different programming elements was over 527,000 uh, engagements. So, you know, each program, like our, our main core programming, like our celebration stage and education day, our powwow and our, um, you know, cultural arts and culinary, they each got, you know, 80 to hundred thousand viewers participating and lots of engagement uh, through social media. So yeah, went, uh, the virtual event went very well for us. Yeah.
1: Now, on June 12th, when the uh, Music Awards are announced uh, from the oh, National yeah. Arts Center with uh, your host, uh, which will be Serene Fox, how is, that, uh, how, how is that going to work in terms of, uh, of the artists?
2: Yes, we, uh, we've been working hard. You know, it's always a priority for me. To have things as interactive as and engaging as we can, as close to our live event as possible. So, we've actually got some really great ideas in our production team on working, uh, you know, ways that our artists are going to be live with us and be able to accept the awards live, even though we're virtual. And so. You know, we've really got some, uh, a great uh, technical team that's uh, making that happen. So we had hoped, in addition to being here in Ottawa, we had planned watch parties across Canada where we wanted to, you know, gather as many people as were allowed in those regions. But uh, it, it's even more challenging now than it was a few months ago when mm-hmm. we were planning, of course. So, uh, you know, we're, we're always trying to find new ways to make it as live as we can. Right. So, uh, yeah, the team's got some great ideas.
1: And uh, tell me more about your host, Serene Fox. What he can you tell us about her?
2: Yes, absolutely. We're actually going to have two hosts. Okay. So uh, she's the first announced. And so we asked her to, uh, to do that nominee announcement. Um, and last year, uh, when we announced that we were doing the awards, I was attending uh, the International Indigenous Music Summit, who we're partners with this year, who are also running uh, from the National Arts Centre the same week and uh when we were down there i just you know uh, uh vince and i had thought that she would just be such a perfect host and she's you know passionate about our community voice and you know right. uh uh, passionate about music, and so yeah, we were really excited. Uh, so we had invited her last year to host, and then uh, when we had to postpone it this year, we were really excited that the dates still worked.
1: <laughs> great, that's fabulous. And she she had those great earrings on today, right? We were talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
2: because she's always she's always got uh, she has such a great sense of style. It's uh, incredible.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we're just about finishing up. I'm just wondering what else can you tell us that we might want to anticipate uh, with bated breath about the upcoming event?
2: (laughs) So one thing I will share for our Ottawa audience, uh, you know, as unfortunately we're only able to do this locally, uh, but we are shortly announcing a a gala in a box so uh, for all those culinary enthusiasts who may not uh, want to prepare it themselves, it is an Indigenous chef-prepared uh, celebratory box that will come out so you can enjoy a, a wonderful meal while you're watching uh, the awards from home. So uh, that will be released shortly, and it's, uh, it's a really exciting menu and some really fun uh, swag and, and nice. that in the box. And uh, other than that, nothing really to, other than to say, you know, we're just so – you know, grateful to the artists for their participation and, you know, so incredibly grateful to our sponsors and partners. Um, again, as I mentioned, TD came on recently as our first presenting sponsor mm. and is really allowing us to, you know, uh, foresee in our vision for, for these awards and Ottawa Tourism, uh, you know, and other partners have all come forward to, to help support and make it happen. So,
1: that's, yeah, uh,
2: that's all I really have to add.
1: Um, that's great. It's all, of course, very exciting and, uh, we wish you all the best. I guess in some ways you're happy that it's coming down to the, to the final wire here when you're finally going to be going live. It's getting close. (laughs)
2: It is getting close. Yes, it'd be nice to have a little bit of, uh, you know, firm direction on what our province is going to look like uh, June twelfth. But, uh, you know, we've got plan A, B and C lined up to make it a great awards night. So uh, yeah, we're very excited to to actually uh, see the results and get to celebrate this talent.
1: And, and I think that's really exciting that you have that little bit of a culinary thing going on in the Ottawa area for those people that are going to watch, that they can uh, get that uh, celebratory dinner uh, feast that you were talking about for that area. And, and, you know, that makes me think that would be the one thing, I guess, trying to pull a meal together and do it on a large scale. Uh, that obviously would be difficult because you've got to get the ingredients, you've got to get The people that know, especially with uh, indigenous culinary stuff, to to be able to pull that together and then be able to get it out uh, delivered to the people that want to have it as well.
2: Yep, yeah, it, uh, you know, it all comes down to our key partnerships, uh, you know, the chefs that we work with, and actually the chef for that night, uh, Trudy Metcalf Co, uh, she's uh, an Inuit chef and has worked with us on some really large events, we did uh, a massive traditional feast with the Museum of History. Uh, that she helped uh, to deliver, I think three or four hundred people. We did for long table meals there, mm. and uh, you know. And then we have the great partnership with Go for It. He does our local courier delivery, and uh, always love to support Indigenous business. And uh, their fulfillment just, you know, eases everything for us for the kits and these. Uh, they do our uh, our meal delivery as well, so. Right.
1: Well, Trina, our time is just about up. I just would, wouldn't mind if you uh, could mention the uh, sites again where people can go to uh, hear those uh, those announcements for the nominees that are coming up on June 12th once again for your Summer Solstice Indigenous Music Awards Festival live from the National Arts Centre and, uh, and also just to, to find out more about the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival itself.
2: Absolutely. We would love uh, people to join us. Our website is summer solstice festivals.ca mm-hmm. and uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram under uh, the summer solstice festivals, Ottawa summer solstice. And, uh, you know, we would love to have everyone, uh, even more people join in and participate this year.
1: Yeah. Sounds great. What a what, I mean, after those numbers you were throwing around, uh, uh, wow. Wow. Um, I get uh, yeah. Well, wonderful. That's so wonderful, and it sounds so exciting. <laughs> sounds so exciting, and uh, we want to wish, uh, of course, all the artists uh, the best uh, as they uh, as they go forward to the to the awards coming up on the twelfth. And the summer's host this Indigenous Festival. Uh, runs from June 1st to June 21st. So each and every day, there's stuff to do online. So it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, Trina. I want to thank you for taking the time. Chi miigwech for joining us to talk about the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival and the Music Awards.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Miigwech.
1: All right. You take care. And uh, I look forward to doing this again with you in the future.
2: (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks. All
1: right. Take care. Bye-bye. That is the, the voice of Trina Mathur-Simard, and she is the executive director of the Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival and Music Awards, which we have been talking about from June 1st to June 21st. You can find out more, as she mentioned, going to SummersolsticeFestivals.ca. You can also follow them online on uh, Twitter and uh, Facebook. And uh, don't forget, the Music Awards being announced June 12th, live from the National Arts Center. It's been such a pleasure having Trina on the show to talk about this inaugural. It's the first time, it was supposed to happen last year, didn't get to happen, happening this year. And that is this part of the show. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, David Moses. Stay tuned. We're coming back with more right after this break, right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses.
2: Element. Element.
1: Element FM. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That, of course, is... 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates, as well as ELMNT-FM, and then listen on your device of choice, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show... Mr. Matthew uh, Meneus, and he also is known as Matt Mac, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show. We, uh, of course, are very familiar with him here at Element FM because we play some of his music. So, uh, Matthew or Matt Mac, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. And uh, how would you, how do you like to be uh, referred to, Matt Mac or, or Matthew, or does it matter? You can call me Matthew, Matt, Matt Mac. <laughs> okay. That's great. Hey, listen, congratulations first of all to all the the recent success you've been having. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Is it a surprise to you or do you do you have you been feeling like perhaps that your music is was there and it was ready to be sort of recognized at some deep level within yourself?
0: I knew it was ready to be recognized. I just didn't know it was going to be this quick um <laughs> because I knew I knew that there was going to have to be some growth in my musical journey. Mm. And obviously, I'm I'm experiencing that. I'm growing as an artist, um, as a person. I'm doing a lot of things. Um, so yeah, it's just been amazing so far.
1: Right. And um, as we mentioned, uh, you, you get played, uh, Paradise is played here on Element FM. You're also, you were number one on the Indigenous Music Countdown as well. Yep. I was. And uh, so when did you when did you actually launch your music? This particular music that's out now. When did it launch? Um
0: so um Paradise was my debut single. Yep. It came out on
1: June 24th, my birthday of this year. June 24th is your birthday? Yeah. All right. Did you plan it that way? Did you want to drop on your uh, on your birthday? Yeah. Nice. That's cool. Well, congratulations on on both those fronts. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, you're from uh, from a reserve north of uh, of of Winnipeg, I understand.
0: Yeah, I'm. I live in Garden Hill First Nation.
1: Oh, you you live there now? Is
0: that where you're calling us from, or are you in? Yeah, (laughs) I'm in Garden Hill right now.
1: Cool. Um, I've been here all my life, so. Mm. Um, you know, Matt. People may not realize that you have been blind from birth, and that uh, that you know for for people that don't know you, um, that may that is a part of who you are. Of course, you were, you've been raised without sight. Yeah.
0: So um, I've been blind since birth. Um, growing up in the reserve, mm. um, not only Indigenous, um, I'm also blind. As I said, mm. give um, presented me with some challenges. Yeah, for sure.
1: Now, I understand also, though, that you, up until around the age of eight or so, you, you didn't really realize that, that you were different in that regard. That was just yeah. the way you were, right? And that was just life for you. Yeah. When, when that became aware to you that you were different, that you, you didn't have uh, this, this gift of sight, um, what, what transpired in your thinking at that time? What, what, how did that change?
0: Well, it definitely put me in a dark place for um, the later part of my childhood um, until, like, my teens. Um, I definitely struggled with depression. Um, I didn't have anything to cope with it at such a young age. Mm. Um, I remember, like, some days I'd have my episodes. Um, and um, over time, it got better because... Um, by thirteen years old I had started to play the piano and um started to mess around with the laptop and
1: audio technology um that's when i kind of that's when I started to get into music again mm. but prior to that when you were younger, you also uh, saying i understand in gospel
0: yeah um I grew up with gospel um mm-hmm. and uh from my mom mm mm-hmm. So she would always um have the local radio station on and they would have these uh, gospel jambories. and um as a kid I was always encouraged to sing at these jamborees. Right.
1: And and what was that like? That must have been fun for you at the time. Yeah, it was. Um it
0: definitely um it definitely like um
1: got me into the idea of singing as a kid. Mm. So when you think back on that and you think of, of singing in the Jamboree and you sing think of uh sharing your voice, getting your voice out there as a as a singer, as a vocalist. Um what how did that make you feel? Was it just joining in for the fun or was did it make did it have a connection for you, an inner an interconnection, do you think?
0: Well, thinking about it now, I think it's a kind of an interconnection. It allowed me to have to, it allowed me to develop my voice at such a young age? Mm. Um, allowed me to develop those skills. I'm mm-hmm. um, sure I took a break from singing for for a couple of years, but when I came back, def- definitely the skills were there already.
1: Mm. Right. So, like you said, you got back into it and you started uh, you started playing the piano, but not very seriously. I understand. And then you started to get exposed to. Um, computers and software programs that would allow you to start to record Uh, audacity i think is what you you started to work with
0: yeah so that was the first program i recorded it with believe it or not um i don't use it today obviously but um that's what i started out with
1: Okay, so tell me about that experience what 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 drew you into the possibilities of of doing that kind of thing and working with uh a computer and a keyboard to start to create things it was always the um the recording
0: overdub feature that I really liked mm. multi track recording um that's that alone I guess that's what inspired me to fall in love with recording I love recording <laughs> um, I'm always creating and I guess like back looking back on it now Audacity was definitely a good start for me mm. um, I used it for like a few years um, and also during that time I was just learning the music terminology mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what all these terms was what uh, this did with this specific Um, feature on a DAW did Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even like I didn't even have like a proper like digital audio recorded digital audio workstation Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, can you take us back to that first early part of when you started to to get exposed to that multi um, multi multi-track recording idea And, and and tell us what really excited you what what was what was it when you first got exposed to that that you that kind of sparked you and you went oh I you know what 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 triggered in your mind what did you think about that what what did you what what were the possibilities that came to you at that point
0: so I remember it was I always like it was just me a headset microphone Mm -hmm my Yamaha piano Mm. and I would hook up my Yamaha piano through just an aux, an aux cord with a line in jack on my computer. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, I remember I'd play the piano and then I would add more to it. Like I would add Mm. like these (laughs) weird drums Mm. and bass. And I was like, wait, this is actually pretty fun. I like this. <laughs> this is great. And I kept doing it all the time when I was like 12, 13, 14. It was, it was pretty fun.
1: Hmm. So what what did you then start to imagine in terms of songwriting? Because of course you've, you've now, uh, you, you produced your own music, you've written your own music, you, you sing your own music. Um, what, uh, what did you start to see there and, I, and, and I'm trying to lead you down the road of, of of singer-songwriter here in terms of what comes to you first. Does it, uh, does it always come to you as a lyric? Does it come to you as a beat, uh, as an idea? What, what usually comes to you and then you develop and move forward on? So I'm
0: a melody-driven person. Mm. I love melodies. Mm-hmm. So usually after have like, to say, okay, let's say I'm working on a song. Usually the beat would always be done first. Production-wise, I'd have everything set. Um, when writing, I love melodies, so I usually start off with my melodies, and from there I'm able to get to the lyrics.
1: Mm. Cool. Um, now, the other thing is, of course, uh, with with the, the new song, uh, Paradise, that, that's done very well for you, and you're getting lots of attention uh, for that. Um, what when you look back on that now? What what do you think of of that song and that success?
0: The, the success of the song. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it's hit number one on the um, Indigenous Music Countdown. Mm-hmm. I grew up listening to that show because um, <laughs> I grew up with a, like a lot of radio. Right. So i've knew, I've known about that countdown for the longest time. Yeah. Even when it was even like even when it. it, it in his earliest stages, like earlier mid like two thousands, I remember like thinking about it, it like what how, what Paradise has done. It hit number one on that countdown. Um, it's also being played on this station, and mm-hmm. knowing that my music is being played elsewhere, it's for me. It's so like it's surreal. It's it's doing numbers that I didn't think it would,
1: that I didn't think was possible at,
0: mm. at this stage of my career. But mm. I'm really thankful.
1: Right. Now I, I have to ask you this. Uh, as we pointed out, you've been blind from birth, and uh, you you put a video out uh, with your music as well. And and I heard you say that you're really pleased and really happy about about the video. Now, if you don't mind me asking, uh, as someone who who has been blind from birth, what what do you make and what do you think of Video, what does that mean to you? Well, as a
0: blind person, obviously, I'm not going to understand the visual aspects of the world, right? Mm. I'm not going to fully understand that. And that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, though video, that is like the visual aspect of my career, the visual aspect mm. of my music. And obviously, I'm getting help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to, like, what I think what a video is, that's an interesting question.
1: Well, um, what have you got planned for, for coming up next? What's what's the next uh, steps for you?
0: So I'm already working for that, but <laughs> um, right now I'm currently working on production for the next album. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already gotten, like, um, I already have, like, a few songs recorded, Um and a few songs already ready to go for the next album mm. um so yeah, that's basically what I'm working on. Um I really can't do much as um my community is currently on lockdown because mm. of uh these trying times right. and um so right now, it's just recording, creating um, writing
1: songs, making beats. that's basically what all, most of my days consist of and And where do you do your recording? Is it somewhere in the community, or do you go to a studio somewhere, or is there a studio in your your home community that you're doing?
0: Um it's actually all in my bedroom, believe it or not. <laughs> Paradise was recorded all in my
1: room. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. it wouldn't be the first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yes, the world has changed so much uh it has changed entirely, so uh yeah, absolutely. For sure. And so is that where your, your new music is coming from? Now that you've had this recognition and I'm sure you're getting some attention, you're probably getting some calls uh, by some people that might be interested in working with you. How has, has that changed in terms of the possibilities of opening up more opportunities for you?
0: Well, I get a lot of calls asking like, hey, you want to work? Let's work. Um, I'm, I'm someone who loves to collaborate and it's just the outreach that my music has had on people, the outreach, um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really cool to see because I see a lot of people getting inspired and that's what I love about my music. And this is, it just, all this makes it worthwhile.
1: Mm Hmm. Um, you, you, uh, you say you use a lot of trap beats for your music. So how does that help or influence or shape what you do?
0: um, well, obviously, I mainly do hip hop.
1: Mm.
0: Um, so for me, it's it allows me to be creative. Mm. It allows me to uh, touch on certain topics that I deal with. Um, like paradise is a song, it is an upbeat song. It's it's happy. It talks about. Um, well, for me, when I had written this song, it was like. Okay, Summer Love. That's what I thought of when I mm. had recorded the song. Mm. I was like, okay, because the beat sounded very, very summery. And um, I just wanted to make that type of vibe.
1: Right. Um, do you prefer or do you enjoy or does it matter which working on your own, creating your own music, as you say, uh, working with your keyboard and with your computer, or do you uh, just as much enjoy, say, working with uh, live uh, musicians and, and having uh, that full band uh, with you to back it up?
0: Both, actually, because um, obviously I come from... My background was, like, live music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up with live music, Um I, pl- at one point in my, um, early teen life, I was playing, I got back into the gospel jamborees and uh instead of like singing, I was mainly like playing the piano. So mm. yeah, I'd actually prefer like both of it because one, the trap beats are awesome and amazing. Sure. Um, but it's something about the live experience. I love live music.
1: Right. Um, that's great to hear. And is there another uh, is there another single or another uh, song that you've got uh, say queued up to come and follow up Paradise?
0: Um, From the so album, I just dropped. Well, I just dropped an album, and uh, we also have like another music video mm. um, off of that. It's called "Just Want to Feel Alive." It's off of the uh, latest album that mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, um, we're just we've, I've just been like. Um, working on getting ready for like next singles and uh,
1: yeah mm, cool uh, Matt it's been such a pleasure speaking with you and congratulations on uh, your success and and all the best with the future and, and even more success and we look forward to uh, hearing more of your music here on Element FM and of course uh, hopefully that you're going to get that airplay right across the country and around the world so congratulations thank you for having me here today you bet you take care yep thank you alright owner That is Matt Mack. Uh, He is a music producer, recording artist, and uh, as you heard, uh, he does get played right here on Element FM, and uh, we play his uh, song Paradise. He's just dropped a new one, as you heard from his latest album, and he's working on his new one, and he was uh, on the line with us uh, from Garden Hill, and that's about 400 and some odd uh, kilometers north of Winnipeg in uh, Manitoba. And it's been a pleasure to have him on the show, and you can also still see... See him on the Indigenous Music Countdown He's there, he's about number 9 this week But he was sitting at number 1 And they also feature his uh, video At the top of the Indigenous Music Countdown As well, so check it out And uh, be sure to Stick around and check out the second part of this Show right here on Element FM I'm David Moses, we're going to be right back With more right after this Now back to Moment of Truth With David Moses Element, Element, Element FM All right, we're back on Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And you can also listen on the iHeartRadio app. If you download the app, take us with you anywhere you go. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome to the show Trudy Metcalf Co. And she is a chef. And I might say that uh, she is very busy right now with the summer solstice uh, planning agenda for for the, the I guess, the, the musical summit you were saying. Is that right, Trudy?
3: It's for the inaugural Summer Solstice Indigenous Festival Music Indigenous Music Awards.
1: Yeah. Yes. And that's coming oh. up on the 12th of June. And uh, we've had many artists on the show talking about the nominees for that show as well. It's a big deal. It's very exciting, of course. Now, um, this is a virtual event.
3: Yes, so I'm not quite sure about all the other details. Uh, when it comes to my part, I just have to worry <laughs> about making sure that the food is going to be getting to everybody, um, and them feeling like they're having a gala dinner that's 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 been made very special just for them. Yeah, <laughs> and we have to. That's what I'm working on.
1: Now, that's, it's kind of an unusual thing, right? Because it's a virtual event. People are going to be uh, sent these meals out. I've heard of this happening before. And then everybody, what, prepares their own meal? And then they sit down and all do this together virtually?
3: Uh, their meals will be prepared. All okay. they're going to have to do is just bring them back to a temperature so I want to make it as simple as possible so that they can actually enjoy their evening and not have to be um, like in the kitchen and putting their food together and then rushing to get to the event, uh, the virtual event. So I want it to be that it's like a, they have their dinners on their plates in front of them within about 10 to 15 minutes ready to eat.
1: Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Now, a little bit about yourself. Are you still in Ikelewit? I understand you took you had a one-year contract to go and wor- work in the north. Are you still there?
3: No, I actually, uh, I'm home a week today. And I, uh, yeah, so I just made it home like last Friday <laughs> evening. Okay, And I'm glad that I am because the Indigenous summer solstice, there's always so much going on mm. with it. And, uh, I've been fortunate to be a part of it now. I think this is maybe my fourth year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember fourth, maybe fifth year and right. it's and it's just such a such an honor and and, and such a pleasure to be to be a part of it again. So, and it's much easier to do it from, I wouldn't be able to do this gala dinner from for example. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So
3: it's, it's. I'm, I'm so happy to be here to be a part of it again, to, you know, reconnect with people from years past and, mm. and just it's, it's growing and grow and like I'm growing with it, mm. which is just a, a I, I don't have words. I just, it's hard to describe how it feels to be a part of it and just to be invited back year after year.
1: Mm. That, that's wonderful. Uh, congratulations on that. Now, as, as a chef, uh, you were, I understand you were born in the northern part of Newfoundland and, uh, Newfoundland and Labrador, but you've lived in and, and around the Ottawa area uh, since, uh, since you were around age, age 22 or so.
3: Yes, uh, my hometown is Nain. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is northern Labrador. It's in the land claims region known as Nunatsia Boot. Mm-hmm. It's the last community on the northern coast of Labrador. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up there as a child, just until I was about seven years old, and then our family moved down to northern Newfoundland, uh, where I, you know, I was until I graduated high school, and then I was, uh, you know, just on my own for a few years trying to find, find, trying to find where I would settle down, and then I moved to Ottawa when I was twenty. Two years old um, because I was expecting my, my first child mm-hmm. and uh, where I was living was very much a tourist town and I thought well it's hard to raise a child in a tourist town and I and I'd never lived in a city before, and mm. Ottawa didn't feel like a city. I considered Montreal, I considered Toronto, and they just seemed way too big and too mm. confusing for me because I'm terrible with directions. <laughs> I know left and right, and that's it. <laughs> Not north, south, east, and west. I know where north is, and that's, uh, you know, up in the Arctic, and that's about it. <laughs> and south is too hot. <laughs> so Ottawa, to me, felt very, felt comfortable, uh, small enough to to navigate, and I had family here, and there was an Inuit community here, which I connected to within a few days of moving here, and then just being a part of that community for the last 33, 34 years, and um, it, we just it's, it's nice to be in a city that's not too big of a city, but also be connected to the Inuit community where it makes it feel like I'm not in a huge... I'm not, I'm not just a part of my, of a metropolis. Like mm. I have, mm. I have space here. Yeah. And that's, that's what's nice about Ottawa.
1: Well, coming back to, to uh, meals and cooking and, and, uh, you you being a chef, I understand the first meal you made was actually a chili meal. Is that right? You're about 11 <laughs> or so?
3: Yeah. When I was about 12 years old, uh. I'm not sure how I how it happened, but uh, yeah, I, I, my my stepfather was uh, was Mexican mm. or yeah, me- American Mexican, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom used to make chili and stuff like that, and something that we all as a as a family enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I just made it one day, and uh, it turned out really well. And I I was I've always been I've I was always the one in the kitchen at home, mm-hmm. you know, making the Sunday cakes or breads or cookies and helping with the meals and stuff like that. And I think a lot of that is I enjoy being inside, mm. and the rest of my siblings would be outside doing the physical labor, you know, chopping the wood and sawing the wood and mm. bringing it in and shoveling the snow. And I was quite content to be in my space and make the <laughs> meals, so I didn't have to be outside doing the hard work. <laughs> and I just have this natural thing where. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but if I think of a recipe, if I'm reading a recipe or thinking about something, I can I can almost taste hmm. how it will go together or hmm. it's like, no, that won't go with this. Hmm. I can just, if I know the t- how something tastes, right. I'll know how two things taste together. Right. So if I'm thinking about putting them together, I'll know before I do it, whether or not it's going to work. Hmm. So I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, the- and yeah, I've just been cooking forever like it's just it seems like all my life because it's just a natural thing I I it's definitely a place where I feel very happy and very calm and if I'm if I feel like if I have any sort of stress or something like that Mm -hmm. if I'm not cooking I'm not doing well cooking is it's a relief for me Mm -hmm. and it's a it's um it's definitely it's just it's just my happy place Mm
1: -hmm and so if people now uh, we may have uh, piqued some interest here so if people go to the summer CA website and you just scroll down on the homepage you'll see culinary workshops and I think that's the area where they can go to and it says you click on more information and that's going to take you over to uh, find out more about the events you scroll down and you can see about the, the things that are going on there and uh, and there you are Curried Caribou you can register online for a Trudy's a workshop you know speaking of that i noticed that uh as i was doing some research on you for this you are all over the internet my goodness you're all over the place so uh yeah if people want to find uh trudy mcgaco it's pretty easy on the internet you can get a hold of her on there as well now trudy for this for this meal that's coming up for the awards and also for the the other things you mentioned like the the caribou meal um people can still register for that and, and still get that sent to them is that right
3: Yes, people can still register. Uh, when it comes to the the actual meals, like the meal kits, mm. I think they're more Ottawa based, just okay. because of the nature it's it's food, right? Sure. it's, it's sure. So it has a timeline, and we don't we've got to keep safety, yep. you know, food safety and stuff yep. like that in mind.
1: Yes, of course. Um,
3: yep. But there's on the on the indigenous summer solstice sites that people wanted to be involved in other things that are not necessarily food food based. There's you know there's a lot of art workshops and. and um, mm. Learning workshops with with different artists and 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 craft people, like people who do some beautiful, amazing crafts. I was a part of that last year, also
1: right and and you know the nice thing is of course that if people can't make it to or take part in that event on on it's on june 6th from 6 to 7 p.m for the curly caribou there are other chefs involved with this as well and right up until the 21st of of june so uh you know there's other stuff you can do hey maybe you want to take in a few of these Right, right why not right
3: yeah there's a lot of options there's it's 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 so amazing to see how things have grown over the last few mm. years mm. and with the times that we're in, how we've been able to, you know, still be able to do what we're doing to celebrate the indigenous, uh, summer solstice. Mm. Um, and because a lot of it is virtual, we're not. It's not just in our community of Ottawa, where people, you know, right. if you're in Ottawa, great, you can get to it. But yep. if you're not, it's across Canada, yeah. across the world. That's right. You know, so it's, it's just yeah, there's so so many things, and yeah, I really really encourage people to go and check out the site because it's it's exciting. It is yeah. exciting, and for people who want to know more about Indigenous cultures and mm. uh, just to educate more, or it's it's. It's it's a good window into it, for sure, into a lot of different things.
1: Nicely said, Trudy. Nicely said. And what a way for us to end the interview. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're very busy, so I, I thank you for doing that. I look forward to uh, having the opportunity to taste one of your meals one day soon. Thanks no, so much. Make, thank you, David. Yeah. That's the voice of Chef Trudy Metcalf Co and you can find out more about her curried caribou meal that she's preparing for June 6th on the Summer Solstice Festival site by going to summersolsticefestival.ca scroll down uh, to the culinary after you're on the homepage that is you scroll, scroll down to the culinary workshops and you'll see uh, Trudy's uh, meal available there as well as other chefs that are preparing meals. It's been a pleasure to have her on the show. Thank you for listening to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses.
2: Element. Element. Element FM.